Hello everyone and welcome to Behind the Ball, a podcast discussing the beautiful game. But in America, it's not considered the beautiful game. It's actually a long way behind established sports such as the NFL, NBA, NHL and Major League Baseball. But actually, is it? Joining me today to discuss this topic is my good American friend, Paul Casey. We'll talk about the sporting and social aspects of soccer in the US and Paul will offer personal insight into his experiences. Plus, we'll both offer our opinions how it might become a leading sport in the US in the future. Remember, if you listen to this show and don't agree with anything that's said, which in all honesty is probably pretty likely, you can get involved in the conversation on the Behind the Ball Twitter account, which you can find under at behind underscore the underscore ball. And I guess with an American guest, we should do this with a little twist. So let's get this rodeo going. Roll those titles. Welcome to Behind the Ball, the podcast discussing the beautiful game. So, Paul, welcome to the show. I know you're quite nervous because, like you said, you've never been a guest, I guess. So um, you're always leading the conversation whenever I appear on your podcasts. Um but yeah, welcome to my show, and I'm honestly so happy that you're uh, you're finally on. Thank you for having me. Like you said, I'm very nervous, but I am very excited because this is something that I know you're passionate about. I just hope I can live up to the standard that you've set for your program. This is going to be absolutely fine. But what we're going to talk about really is the reasons why football, as I call it, or soccer, as you call it, is... Actually, I'm sorry. May I interrupt you for a moment? Uh, I would like to say I feel that uh, Americans in general, and it's gonna, it would be one of those things that would be impossible. I feel like we should start to call it football a lot more, and I think you can attest to this. I, whether it's in conversation with you or some of our friends, even a lot of my American friends and family who you don't even know, I do try to say football more often than not, because that's the proper name for it. It involves a foot and a ball versus, I mean, we could probably, I don't know how we want to get into it a little later. There's an American football league now that just started. There is absolutely no foot to ball contact, yet they still call it football. I think that is one aspect where America is wrong. I am not going to disagree with you. I'm not, but I, I, I don't want to get into, I know a lot of American people uh, listen to this show so I don't want to get uh, bashing them <laughs> because I know that they call it soccer and I understand <laughs> and I accept that that it's, it's fair enough <laughs> it's uh, you know that's just the way it is uh, a lot of people that are listening to this will probably be like well soccer actually started in in the UK and and actually it did but I don't know if, if people listening to this know this but actually the name soccer actually comes from uh, the official name of the sport which was association football soccer was just a a nickname based off association if you can believe that but that's actually true basically further on down the line we referred to it as football which is what we always called it soccer was just a nickname uh, and only in the 1900s once uh, obviously soccer and rugby actually came to the US is when they created their own form of sport basically putting together the two and calling it American football they took the uh, nickname from association football and then called that soccer. So I'm I'm maintaining that we always called it football. <laughs> That's my argument and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so one thing I wanted to talk to you about because 
this is not something I am ever obviously going to experience. Uh, my children may well do. But I want to understand why, and children specifically at school, they all play soccer. I know they do because my wife's uh, nephews and nieces, they all play soccer at school. All of them do. They all go to after school clubs. They all play during the summer. You know, they play indoors in the winter. And honestly, it's, they love it. They always say to me, they'll say, oh, I love going to play soccer. So what I don't understand is why are there so many kids playing it? But then through the, you know, your school life, how does it diminish so quickly so that when you go to college, there's hardly anyone playing football or soccer? Sorry. You know, I, I have to say up front, I am not necessarily a sports fan at all. Please forgive me behind the ball listeners. But uh, I actually have asked this in doing my own research for for certain topics for this. I actually did ask a few people who are fans of sports in general or specific sports. Why uh, soccer, if you will, association of football isn't necessarily as popular. One of the biggest reasons that I was told over and over again is unfortunately money and or fame. So the fame and fortune if you will, uh, as kids grow older and they start to play in high, you know, middle school, junior high, whatever you want to call it and high school. Uh, and then into college, they start to play American football or baseball or basketball because there's in theory more opportunities to go pro or to go national and there's more opportunity for college scholarships and there's more opportunity for money in a lot of those things and i feel like oftentimes soccer or football or whatever you want to call it gets pushed to the side because it's not as as big or as flashy here in america and actually talking about the the colleges that's a, a good, really good point actually because i, I looked up how many uh, colleges in the U.S. offer scholarships for American football, and there are 884 colleges. Uh, for uh, soccer, it's just 218. So, I mean, clearly the, the, there's a huge discrepancy there. But is it just as simple as the fact that, you know, when you get to high school and you're looking at colleges, you know, you're the popular kid at school, it's much better for you in terms of attracting girls, for for your social status, it's better for you to be a quarterback than the top scorer in your soccer team. Is that, is that fair to say? I would say, yeah, I, I, I think that goes, like I said, a little back to the fame and, and fortune thing, because people in America know, uh, I'm trying to think again, I'm not a big sports guy, so I'm just trying to think of, of quarterbacks or, or anything like that. But, you know, they, they know those guys and and everybody, I mean, I understand he's an Englishman, but people know uh, David Beckham. Off the top of my head, I can't necessarily think of any other association football players that that are as popular in America as David Beckham. Again, off the top of my head, I can't necessarily think of any, but everybody knows, you know, your top uh, American football quarterbacks or wide receivers, things of that nature. So. I mean, you live in Pennsylvania, so that's much further east. And I've found watching uh, soccer here in the US that it feels like on either coast or towards either coast, it's a lot more popular. I mean, here in the Midwest, where I currently am, I mean, when we've spoken about this numerous times before and, and people uh, who have listened to this podcast will know this also, there are not many, as, as we're calling it in this podcast now, association football fans 
here at all. So where you live, you know, are there people interested in MLS? Do you see those kind of things or, or do you not? Personally, I don't. I feel like you, in terms of Pennsylvania, I don't feel it's still necessarily as big. Um, but if you went to uh, New York or Boston, a little uh, more northeast coast, I feel like it would probably be a lot more popular. I know Boston is is probably a very big area, like you said, both coasts. And even though I'm I'm eastern, it's definitely more of a, a specific coast thing. Like I said, Bo- uh, Boston, New York, maybe even New Jersey, it might be a little more popular there. And you live quite close to New York City, right? Yes, I do. About two hours away. Two hours. So New York has two teams. Uh, New England has an MLS team. So there are within necessarily touching distance but within a reasonable reasonably close distance you can go and watch professional mls why then aren't people going to watch it i don't understand why people wouldn't be like you know what there's a there's a there's a soccer team here that we can go and watch there's live sports and i know americans they love their live events their live sports you know why aren't they going to to watch these games i feel like it's just a matter of unfortunately association football fell out of popularity um, and again, in, in doing a little bit of research for this episode, I actually found out a little bit of why it fell out of popularity. And it just became, I think, it just became a matter of American football, baseball, basketball, even hockey to a certain extent. They became more prominent. I feel it might also be a matter of up until recently, and by recently I mean, say, the last decade or two, association football hasn't really been televised as much or as popularly as every Sunday afternoon you know there's going to be an American football game during the season. You know, you know that that during, you know, whatever, like there's there's going to be the basketball games at whatever time, and I couldn't necessarily tell you when association football is even in season let alone what time it's on or what channel it's on because again it's just one of those things where after a certain point it was kind of passed down that's and i i hate to say this that sport isn't as important so do you just think that is maybe down to advertising because i know for a fact that nbc uh, has uh, association football on it. They cover the Premier League. I watch games uh, during the week. I watch the game this afternoon. Um, I'll watch games uh, at the weekend. They'll have three live games on a Sunday. They have a, another three live games. So I know that they're they're there, but obviously I'm a fan of the sport, so I have purposefully gone out and looked for it. I basically I, I pay a subscription through uh, an online service called Sling TV. So I don't have adverts when I watch live TV. It just basically pauses. Sling show their particular set of adverts, so I don't know what's being shown on live TV per se. I don't know if there's gonna if there is a whole lot of advertisement for it. Um, that might be something uh, you might be able to uh, tell me uh, in a second. But again, I I talk about other channels, uh, Fox Sports One and Fox Sports Two. They show German football, uh, ESPN and ESPN Plus, which is an online subscription service for five dollars a month. Um, they show Italian football, Dutch football and lower division English football, which includes Nottingham Forest. So it allows me to watch my team live here in, on the TV. Uh, they also have BN Sports, which is available through subscription service. Again, I think it's an additional ten dollars. 
um, but no more expensive than you'd have to pay for premium American football or NBA pass. And that shows at Spanish league games. So that there's definitely availability there for no uh, more additional cost. My theory is that it's just not being advertised enough. Would you agree with that? I feel it may not be advertised enough, but I, I feel one of the key words that you said there uh, a few times was subscription service. And NBC is a free-to-air station here in America versus a lot of those others. And, and Fox Sports 1 is a, a cable station, which has, you know, you have to pay a little bit more for it. But it's not necessarily as much as, I believe you said, ESPN Plus and, and a few others that are subscription-based things. And that comes down to I'm paying a certain fee to watch those games. It's just anything similar to, you know, your Netflix or your Hulu. You're paying a premium cost to watch the specific content that you want. And if you want to watch the Italian football games or the German football games or, or what have you, you're going to pay that subscription fee. And I feel like advertising may go along with it. There, you know, there may not be necessarily Coke or Pepsi per se advertising during an MLS game. But if you're willing to pay that subscription fee to get Germany or Italy or English football games, they know that they don't necessarily need the advertising because you are going to pay that subscription fee. Right. So again, I don't, I'm not fully aware of this because I, I, I don't actually know because we pay for a service, but I don't know what's free to air, so to speak. So is ESPN a free to air channel or not? Uh, basic cable. Okay, so ESPN is basic cable. ESPN is what airs MLS. And I've seen advertisements for that. They describe it as our soccer. And it seems like it's advertised a decent amount. So is it just purely the fact that people that are interested in soccer or association football, is it that they don't feel that the product that the MLS is providing is as good as, say, the Premier League or German football because the players aren't as good. So is that the reason why people aren't watching it on the free services? And then therefore there's a blockage because, like you said, people aren't willing to pay the subscription fees. And then that's why the popularity hasn't grown. Well, I feel like it. it's, it's very possible that it's – I don't want to say that the MLS isn't as good, but people know – uh, David Beckham, and again, these are these are you know slightly older names, but they also know the teams more of uh, Chelsea and Tottenham, which are Premier League names, I believe, names of teams. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like they they know some of these things more than some of the uh, Major League Soccer teams. So it may even be where they may know that association football exists in America, but your more popular players and teams are outside of America. So it may just be a thing of we don't even look upon our own teams as being good enough to watch. I tend to agree with that. Another argument that I have for the reasons why the MLS hasn't picked up as much or potentially not as popular as it could be is because it the MLS is run on a very American sports-based system. It is has its positives but it also has its negatives and we've spoken about this many times as well off air uh, in private conversations is that the one thing that football in europe has it has promotion and relegation it has 
there's something riding on every game you know if you draw it, it means something whereas I, f I feel like sometimes i'll speak with people who aren't particularly aware of of football or association football and the the, the the rules and and they don't understand why games end in draws but those points mean things towards the end of the season because you know one point can be the difference between getting promoted and getting relegated I feel like there's that drama to it and there's that tension to it and there's that it brings out more uh, emotion because it if you're if you're like three points outside of the automatic promotion places and you're you know you're one nil down you know the crowd's getting up and everyone's like willing your team on to score a goal and so on and so on here you know if you have a bad season it's like okay well we'll just try again next year there's no like jeopardy to it and I feel like that doesn't inspire as much passionate support as it could be you know on the flip side of that i do have to say uh on statistics that i i read today that actually uh, i don't know if you know this i don't know if you think this is necessarily true this was this was on forbes and uh i took these statistics from it but um the popularity of the sport of of, of soccer and so they did a a poll so to speak and they asked americans uh, what their favorite sport was and seven percent of the nation said soccer now, that doesn't seem like it's a, a huge amount. Obviously, 7% is pretty low. But when you consider that that is a 4% growth in just four years, that in itself is pretty impressive. And when you also consider that sports like American football have decreased in popularity, 2% uh, American football has decreased from 39% to 37 Basketball, I couldn't believe this. Only 11% uh, of the nation said it was their favorite sport. Baseball, it was only 9% of the population. And uh, hockey is below even fo uh, association football. It's only 4% uh, people's favorite sport. The thing that I love most about it is, though, of the percentage of people that said that it was their favorite sport, it was actually in the age group 18 to 25. So it's, you know, it's the younger people now that are really getting into it. Now that it's more available on television, um, now that it's, it's, it seem, appears to be growing in popularity, so, you know, those statistics, I mean, statistics can be misled in certain certain ways, but you, you have to agree that that looks good for association football in America. So much to unpack in what you just said there. But yes, I definitely think that's the case. I feel like if, if I can try to hit all the, the points that I want to uh, say in response to all that, it's definitely a good thing. I think that there's an increase. I think the increase goes along with, as you said, the the wider availability of it. I feel like that's the increase has definitely come uh, because there was more promotion for the World Cup, uh, even the most recent World Cup. When uh, I'm sorry to bring this up, but you know when England got so passionate about it's coming home. Sorry. Uh, and, you know, the, there was the there was the passion and the fact that even though the Atlantic Ocean is there and, you know, borders between countries and everything are there with the Internet, everything has has grown and and people aren't necessarily as far away as they used to be. You know, you and I are are about half the country away and we're talking in real time right now, you know, and and I'm friends with, you know, a few of the people with whom you're friends with in England. And so I see some of their posts. I see, you know, various things across all of social media, whether it be the fact that, you know, there are certain English YouTubers that I watch and maybe they're talking about association football. And so that may it may spark me it may spark someone else 
to uh, get interested a little bit into, you know, well, I want to understand this, this thing that, you know, these two guys are cracking up about it. And I would love to understand what actually is, is so funny about what they're saying. The other thing that you said was the promotional system in terms of uh, leagues and, and things like that with football, you know, uh, again, we, we said before about like the premier league, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong. The other three are, it goes premier championship league one and league two, correct? That is absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things uh, going along with what you said, the fact that uh, American sports don't necessarily have that in doing a little bit of research, that's actually one of the things that I found was one of the big reasons that association football had uh, a decline here in the States. If I may go on uh, a moment here, um, before the Great Depression, there were a few different versions of what wanted to be the governing body of association football in America. And I'm, I'm saying this from memory. Uh, I hope I remembered it all correctly. But there were a few different governing bodies that, that came and, and they rose and they fell. And two of them applied with FIFA to be the official governing body of uh, United States football, whatever they called it at the time, because they went from being football to soccer because of colloquialisms and whatever. One of them, one of the the, bo the governing bodies who I believe got the official sanction from FIFA decided to do things with the promotion and uh, the, the promotional system. You know, you move up in, in the league or you move down in the league versus one of the other uh, governing bodies, which was unsanctioned, was trying to keep things more like American-based sports at the time because one, a lot of the owners were owners of Major League Baseball teams as well. And you look at an organization like the NFL where technically, yes, there are owners of all the particular teams, but the NFL overall owns all of the teams and they have their set number of teams for their brackets and things like that. And you don't have that with association football in England or anywhere else. It's not laid out necessarily by the league what you can and can't do with, uh, I believe you, you guys don't even have a salary cap, which we have. We have a salary cap, but you guys have more laws in terms of how you can trade people and things like that, whereas we just, uh, a lot of the leagues, whether it be uh, American football or baseball or whatever, uh, they're done by the the league themselves or the governing body and that's one of the things because there was the what they called at the time the soccer war there was this fight between wanting to have things the way that the other american sports were doing it and then wanting to have things the way that the rest of the world uh did it in terms of association football and eventually certain teams went from one governing body to the other and then they uh, it, it kind of it stopped uh, American or I'm sorry, it stopped uh, association football from being broadcast or played anywhere. And then a lot of the other sports rose to prominence. And that's one of the reasons. And then, of course, the Great Depression happened and, and people weren't necessarily playing a lot of of association football for another reason. And perhaps this goes along with what you said earlier about uh, Americans not necessarily watching the American-based teams, at a certain point, a lot of the 
from my understanding, a lot of the association football teams had players from Spain or Germany or things like that. They were they were importing players versus a baseball game, for example, where you have Babe Ruth, who looked like your buddy Joe next door. And a lot of Americans during and after the Great Depression would have rather go see someone who looks like them or their neighbor play a live sport, even if it wasn't necessarily as thrilling or uh, anything like that. They would much rather go see the the common man, quote unquote, someone who looks like me, as horrible as that sounds. They would rather go see that than go see someone from you know, Spain or or anything like that play a game. And I feel like that may be another reason why uh, association football fell out of popularity. I didn't know that. That's a good historical lesson for all of my listeners. So that's not something, they don't usually get anything that highbrow on my show. So thank you for giving us that information. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's really, really good. I will say one thing about, in terms of me talking about people not watching MLS, I think people are not watching it so much on the television, but in terms of attending games, I actually think they are. I mean, attendances are actually pretty good. I saw um, for the MLS, uh, they basically have an all-star game in the MLS. Uh, every, uh, like halfway through the season, they'll usually have the grab the best players from each, uh, every team, and then they'll just, two teams are made out of that, and then they just play each other for the entertainment of the fans, basically, so they can see the best players on show. They held that game at the Atlanta Falcons Stadium, which is also the home of Atlanta United, who are the reigning MLS Cup champions. And there were 72,500 people there, full capacity. And that was the biggest attendance in that stadium all season, regardless of whether it was watching the Falcons or Atlanta United. And that tells you something, that there are more people attending games i mean granted also you, you there's a there's a caveat to that because the tickets for a soccer game are probably going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than they are for an american football game i know that from personal experience i, be, I went to watch colorado rapids cost me like 25 bucks i i went to watch san diego Chargers when they were the san diego Chargers. they're obviously la now uh american football and tickets high up in the heavens cost me nearly 100 bucks so i appreciate there's a there there is a discrepancy there in terms of people going to games, I think that's that's pretty impressive. Well, I, I, I know you said earlier about the fact that, you know, Americans love going to live sporting events. And I think that's absolutely true. And I feel like you find that at any point, you know, whether it's uh, even a local team uh, in terms of baseball, they have like the farm leagues. And we actually have one for the New York Yankees in my area. And the tick, the, the ticket sales the attendance is pretty popular despite the fact that it's not a televised thing or anything like that. It's, it's just a nice time for people to go out and watch the sport they love. So I can't disagree with the fact that, you know, live attendance is amazing for basically any sport here in America. No, I agree. I mean, in America, no one does it better in terms of an all round live entertainment event. There's so many uh, things going on. You know, you've got your cheerleaders and so on and so on. It's just so much, more going on than just the sport and it like you said it's like a, a night out essentially it's not just because in england for us it's all about the sport you, you you go to the game you watch 90 minutes of football and then you come home whereas in america it's like a whole event you know you're there sometimes 
you know, two hours before because there's all the vendors and everyone's getting together and everyone's drinking. It's just a completely different culture. So yeah, I appreciate that. That's maybe another reason why people are going to, to these matches. I will say one thing though, it's encouraging for the league itself that franchises in Nashville, in Cincinnati, in Miami have just been approved, which will take the the amount of teams in the MLS to 27. The uh, NFL has 32 teams currently, so still has the most teams of any of the national sports here or sports leagues, if you want to call them, uh, call them that. So they're definitely catching up on that sense as well. And I read that basically now there's more franchises coming up in association football because to break into the NFL is just ridiculously expensive. But I was looking at uh, franchises that were bought back in... 2007 and Toronto had a, a franchise and they paid 10 million dollars for it and it's now worth 280 million so I'd, again I, I mean I don't, I don't know much about finance but it must be a good sign that something that's gone from 10 million to 280 million you know in 11 years is pretty impressive is it I don't know <laughs> I, I assume it I assume it is no it absolutely is and like I said I feel like that's just one of those things going along with the fact that the World Cup in America at least or, or uh, even if we want to just say North America overall because you said uh, you, you spoke about Canada there it's becoming a lot more popular like I said the fact that the world isn't in the in the technological age the world isn't necessarily as small or as big I, however you want to say it as it once was. Uh, it's you know yeah it's not as big as it once was it's it seems a lot smaller now because certain things are more readily available because you can watch association football games from anywhere and I feel like it gives people a little more to get into you know to to learn about the sport to learn about you know whatever teams or or just the game overall so that they can enjoy things I know. I know several people who after, you know, they didn't necessarily understand the hype about the World Cup, but they were like, I got to I got to look into this. Like, why is it like the fact that even other Americans were were excited about watching it and they were like, I I guess I got to look into this. Like, I don't understand why soccer is so because it has it has never been that in my lifetime, at least. And I don't think it it was ever that really for even my parents' lifetime or grandparents, even to a certain extent, it was ever really as popular because as I said, it fell out of popularity. And I feel like it's only now in this age where, where things are more readily available that it's, it's starting to, would you say it went up three or 4% in terms of popularity here? So in just four years. Yeah. But for me, uh, what I want to know from you, I mean, we both live here now, but you have more of a a grasp of of the culture here. How big an influence do you think having the World Cup here in uh, 2026, how how big a deal is that going to be? And how important will that moment be in history? That is the moment when association football kind of took over here. I mean, how far away are we from that? Do you think we're miles away still? I mean, I know 7% is still pretty low, but you look at the growth over four years, you turn that into another four years, another eight years. You know, you're looking at uh, being on par with American football if their uh, level of uh, regression continues. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. This is, we, America has hosted at least one other World Cup in both of our lifetimes? Yeah, 94. Okay, so... I don't even think Major League Soccer, the MLS, the the league itself, I don't even think they were around in 1994. 
I want to say, and and uh, I, someone out there, listeners, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say the ma- you know Major League Soccer wasn't officially formed until 1996. So if you look at the fact that we held a World Cup in 94, we then two years later formed the league. It's like the, the most prominent version of, of a, a association football league now. Because, again, as I said before, there have been others that rose and fell over the course of, of the few decades. But two years after hosting a World Cup, we formed a league since 1996 until it's now 2019 how much that has grown. And even in those last few years, it's grown a lot more. I I can't even imagine how popular, I'm not saying that I think it'll overtake, uh, you know, baseball is, is known as America's pastime, despite the fact that you just said it was a relatively low number in terms of what Americans find popular per that Forbes list. But I think it'll, it'll greatly grow. And I think you're going to see a lot of people coming from around the world to see the World Cup. But I have the feeling you're going to see a lot of American faces who, even if you ask them now, they would probably say that they wouldn't necessarily be interested. But I feel by 2026, they, they are going to become very interested in going to see the World Cup. Do you think America needs a superstar? It needs like an Aaron Rodgers or it needs like a a Magic Johnson or it needs a Babe Ruth does it need that figurehead does it need someone to put your hat on and say he is our star and he's gonna help us win something does America need that it wouldn't hurt because as I said before in terms of why as as we get older it isn't necessarily as popular like I said I would chalk it up to fame and fortune in a sense America around I mean and tell me if this is wrong I always think that around the world other than arrogance in a lot of things I feel like one of the things that America is most well known for is Hollywood glitz and glamour is that is that true yeah okay so I I don't think it would I, I think it would wouldn't hurt for there to be a celebrity association uh, football player you know the the other sports baseball basketball things like that they're already popular enough based off of having certain figures like that in the past i i think it would only help because even like i said david beckham played i want to say for la galaxy for a certain point and he's one of the only ones that people in america Av- on average, I would say, could probably name. He's not even American, but he's just he was just that superstar that played in America. So I think it could only help if we had somebody who could become that household name. When I say that, again, I, I don't want to diminish the, the players that are currently playing for the US. And indeed, there is one player that's just moved to Chelsea for a large sum of money. I think it was like $50 million. And he is a good player. But I'm talking in terms of the level of like Ronaldo and Messi. I'm talking about that world star. And, you know, that's something America, that's not even something England necessarily has. But obviously, it's a sport ingrained in our culture. But what I'm saying is if they had a star to that level, that was just on the global stage and was just, you know, on the face of everything. And, you know, when he was a face of a World Cup like Messi or Ronaldo were, that that's the kind of player I'm referring to when I speak about that. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, because, like, you have someone, uh, Michael Jordan in basketball crossed over and he, you know, he was the, he had, you know, Air Jordan shoes. He was on covers of, of magazines. He was in films, things like that. And now 
it you don't with with celebrity status you don't even need to necessarily be on magazines you just need to have the instagram lifestyle i believe cristiano ronaldo is like one of the top 10 most followed people on instagram so if you could at least get popularity on a social media platform and then eventually get the the tv you know the the deals to appear on your favorite tv show or appear on this magazine it almost would work in reverse to how it used to work but i feel like if if we could get anybody and like you said not to take anything away from any of the current stars because i, I have no doubt that they're incredibly good with what they do if, if chelsea wants to offer an american that much money to come play way more power to them but i feel like it could only be a good thing if you get that crossover uh momentum if you will in terms of celebrity right someone that just transcends the sport you know if they had that superstar to get behind it would be like right well we just have to watch soccer now we like we have to watch it because we've got this guy who's just tearing it up all over the world and you know people look to him now as the superstar exactly and 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 if he's there and we're gonna get and then you're also gonna have your people who say you know, well, he's I he's I don't like him because he's popular. So who can I find that, you know, within the world of soccer, if you will, you know, within the world of soccer that I can get behind because I don't want to get behind the popular guy. I want to go for the underdog guy. And then that creates almost a rivalry, which, if I may momentarily go back to something you said earlier, you said about the fact that wins and losses and draws mean something to the competition of it. And I feel like if more Americans understood that, they might be more willing to get on board with it because as much as it's just a matter of, oh, well, we didn't play well enough this season, you know, there's always next season. I feel like if we understood a little more the concept of it's a competition and you want to move your your team, you know, you want them to be in the equivalent of the, the Premier League you know, then then that might be a good thing because I feel like a lot of American-based sports, American football, basketball, baseball, there's a lot of fantasy leagues out there. And I feel that's where you get most of your competition other than just, I like this team. You know, for, uh, speaking in terms of American football, it's like, I like this team. I don't like any of the people that they're, that they're against. But the competition I've found over the last few years more comes from the fantasy league elements of it. Will my players, you know, my player scored this many touchdowns, therefore he moves up in my fantasy league. And I feel like if we could figure out a way to combine all of that, that Americans might be more on board with the concept of teams, you know, uh, in, I don't know the word we used before, but uh, increasing and decreasing in terms of league divisions. Right, but I probably sounded it kept probably came across as quite harsh for the MLS because obviously I appreciate that they're still those points still mean something for them, but I just meant it in terms of if you know at the end of the season if you're completely terrible and you don't score a single point, granted it's gonna probably hurt in terms of people coming to watch you and it's gonna hurt uh, your personal pride of course as a player, but there's not real any financial loss in, in terms of you don't get relegated and you don't lose that tv money espn are still going to pay money to what to, to have you on their television screens the following season you know whereas if you get if you get relegated from the premier league i think you lose like 300 million pounds in terms of tv revenue which is just unbelievable amounts of money and that can set back your club like i don't know 10 years potentially so 
That's what I'm trying to say. If I may, with American football, if you are the lowest, you know, ranking team at the end of the season, you, as far as I know, you don't necessarily get, you know, like I, I spoke before about the concept of the salary cap, and I don't know how many uh, uh, listeners may know what that is, but the more popular teams, excuse me, they have more money, so they have, you know, whether it's TV deals or merchandise sales or whatever, so they have higher higher salary caps. They can just like the the Premier League, you know, they can they have the money to pay the better players to come in and play for them. The higher ranking teams in the NFL has the more money, you know, it's if if they just took that concept of you in in the NFL, you're the lowest ranking team, therefore you don't have as much money to sign the bigger players. If they could just take that basic concept of you're not as good, therefore you don't get as much, in essence, if we could just kind of make Americans understand it's that but more because it's it's not just you you don't necessarily get as much money. It's you don't get as much money. You don't get as much prestige. You don't get as much TV time, anything like that with MLS. I feel like people might understand it a little more. True. I just, for me, it just just seems like it would just need more communication, more advertising, and eventually, and with the the twenty twenty six World Cup, I'm really hoping that it can be not the most popular sport here, but at least on par. It seems like a bit of a joke sport in, to some people here. It's almost like, mm, no, I'm not watching that. You know, you know what I mean. It kind of has that that feel about it still. I know it is growing in popularity. I mean, statistics will prove that, and you know, attendances in the MLS will prove that. The amount of franchises that are popping up will prove that. But I still feel like there's so many people here in this country. I mean, that's, it seems like stating the obvious, but what is there like 300 million people in the US? And I still feel like there's so many more people that need to become aware of of the sport itself. And and to sum up, to to give the final conclusions, what really, what do you think is it's going to take? really in terms of social aspects sporting aspects what is it going to take to get association football amongst the big boys of the nhl the nfl the you know the the nba and the mlb what what what, what what's it going to take i think it's down to two major things one i feel like as i said before a celebrity i feel like a crossover star someone who as you said transcends the sport won't necessarily be a bad thing i feel like it can only help I also feel it might just be a changing of the guard type situation. You and I, we're, you know, late 20s, getting into, you know, early 30s, things like that. And I feel like as we grow and as more children are brought up in this world of soccer or association football isn't a joke, I feel like I feel like that's an old guard sort of thing. My parents and their parents look down upon association football. And I feel like as long as there's guys our age, you said 18 to 25 in that statistic before, I feel like as long as those people stick with it and teach their children it, you know, to, to, to love the sport or at least give the sport a chance, I feel like that's just kind of a changing of the guard situation that it will eventually happen. I agree. I agree. And I, I think that eventually... Maybe it might even take 20 years, might take 30 years, might even take 40 years. But eventually, I think association football will be pretty popular here. I would agree. But Paul, Paul, you did it. You got through it without really knowing anything about sports. I, I just hope that 
people weren't bored by my history lesson, as you said, or just the fact that that I just I just kept saying I feel like I just kept saying the same things over and over again. <laughs> well, no, because actually to give it some level of historical context was good because I didn't have that information to hand. And there's no way if I did this on my own, I'd be able to provide that information. And like I said, people that listen to this podcast don't get anywhere near anything that highbrow or intelligent. Uh, Like like, like we spoke about earlier, it's mostly just people listening to my rants, um, of which I apologize for. But yeah, so no, you did did really, really good. One thing I will say, though, because you afforded me the opportunity, for any of you who listen to my podcast, uh, Paul is a very good friend of mine. I actually met him um, at a loss convention, which is another one of my huge passions. And he does a podcast about lost uh, if you haven't watched the show don't listen to it because it will reveal all the secrets because that's all we ever really talk about uh, if you have seen it then have a listen and paul will tell you now how to uh, find that information uh, you can find any information about anything me on clock shelves on facebook instagram and twitter that's at clock shelves c-l-o-c-k-s-h-e-l-v-e-s andrew has been on the lost show multiple times and it's always great talking with him on there it is it is it is great for me to be on there because i'm probably one of his best guests <laughs> no i'm joking i'm joking no i'm joking um, i will say though guys to sign off from me first of all i hope you enjoyed the part and i hope that you enjoyed the history lesson because you're probably never going to get anything like that again Um, and if you do want to get involved in the conversation you can follow the official twitter account you can find it under at behind underscore the underscore ball and remember it's not easy for me to say but easy for us to type there you go seamless it's like we've been doing this all our lives (laughs) Uh, thanks again for listening guys and you'll be hearing me next time on behind the ball